Welcome to the Life of Christ series 4, term 1. This is lesson 1, we're beginning a new year. We're in chapter 13 of the Life of Christ, and we're now looking at the subheading, uh, it's on page 16 in my book, Jesus Cleanses a Man with Leprosy. Now, if you remembered, we just looked at the incident where Jesus preached and asked to borrow Peter's boat, and he preached, and then he said, go out and let down your nets for a catch. And remember Peter said, oh, we've been toiling all night and not caught nothing. And, but he says, at your word, I'll let down a net, basically is what he said, you know, because carpenters don't know anything about fishing. And, <laughs> well, you know, and uh, as you know, they ended up with a net-breaking boat sinking load of fish. And that's why Peter says, forgive me, I'm a sinful man, because he realized that was a... You know, people think, oh, Peter was so humble. No, he had sinned. He, you know, Jesus said, let down the nets, and he said, yeah, I'll let down one net. But he acknowledged his sin. And uh, remember again that Jesus says to him, do not be afraid, from now on you will catch men. Amen? All right, and so we now come to um, verse 11, a key verse, which is where we left off last year. In Luke 5.11, it says, So when they had brought their boats to land, they, remember that is Peter, James, and John, forsook all and followed him. So this was the time when they literally made the final decision to follow Jesus full time. Amen? So up to then, they were sort of doing their business and following Jesus and going back to their business and so on and so forth. But this is the point in time where it says they forsook all um, and followed him. So for these particular disciples, this is when they become full-time in Jesus' ministry. You can also understand now why it says so much of the time that Jesus took Peter, James, and John up a mountain, or here or there, because they were the first three that, that committed full-time to his ministry. All right, so we're going to continue on now in Luke chapter 5, because chronologically it is the next thing that happens. So let me read some notes here so I don't miss anything. As we continue in Luke chapter 5 and take up the next event, again in chronological order, which is the healing of the man with leprosy, Craig A. Evans writes, the, This healing story is the first of a series of episodes where Jesus encounters religious criticism and opposition. So this begins, this is where things begin to take a turn for the worse, so to speak. Up to now, Jesus has been healing and people have been looking and, and, and just in awe of what he's been doing. But now it begins. In Luke 6 verses 1 to 5, Jesus is accused of working on the Sabbath when he and his disciples picked grain to eat. While similar charges are brought, for healing the man with the withered hand, that's in verses 6 to 11. At this point, the plot begins to thicken as the religious authorities begin considering what to do with Jesus. Thus, Luke is able to make the transition from celebrated healings in chapter 4 to healings in chapter 5 that raise religious questions, and finally to healings in chapter 6 that lead to serious opposition and eventually a plot to have Jesus killed. Implicit in all this is Luke's desire to explain how one could and did amaze so many with his benevolent power could end up being rejected and put to death. So that's a key thing. Um, that was one of the, the, the big problems that the, the Jews were having and people were having, that if Jesus was so wonderful, how come they crucified him? 
right? If he was so benevolent and if all he did was heal. Because remember that the Jews were spreading all kinds of lies because they were trying to cover their tracks. They had done something that they shouldn't have done. And they were trying to justify themselves. Do you understand? And so this is, this is one of the things that Luke in writing wants to show the people that are reading this what actually happened. If they could begin to understand that it wasn't that Jesus did something that was bad, all right? Because remember at one time he says, he, you know, when they come to arrest him, he asks a question, which is a very interesting question. He says, um, what good deed have you come here to arrest me for? Because that's all he ever did. Even when they try to trick him into saying, oh, you know, should we pay you know, taxes and everything else. Remember, he, he <laughs> was very smart the way he answered them, because he wasn't against the government either. He said, well, whose picture is on the, on the coin? He said, Caesar's. So he said, render unto Caesar what Caesar's. He said, look, man, it's, that's not stuff that bothers me. That's people's stuff. If they need you to pay taxes, pay taxes. It wasn't a big deal for him. So he wasn't, you know, organizing some government revolt and, you know, all that sort of, okay? There wasn't a coup going to happen or anything. He, 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 that, that's the problem that the Jews had with him. They tried everything to trip him up and he never would. Because he was God. He knew what was going on, which is really interesting. So this is the reason why, you know, the, the writers of the gospel, and this is one of the things I was trying to bring out to you before as we were dealing with this, that they are going to find ways, they, they have to justify killing him somehow. Alright? And they're going to make it look like he was a criminal. And so that's what the Gospels, one of the, one of the things that the Gospels do in sharing all the healings and everything that he did, was to let them know that he wasn't a criminal. That what he was, what he was crucified for, was for the laws that he broke, that were their religious laws, not God's law. That was a really key thing. So, let's go on now. Look at Luke chapter 5 verse 12, where it's written there now, And it happened when he was in a certain city, this is of Galilee, that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. Now, this is important that you see that term, full of leprosy. Okay, this guy didn't have a little leprosy. Okay, it says he was full of leprosy. So, head to toe, he was affected by this, this horrible disease. And it says, it was full of leprosy, saw Jesus, and he... Now, I have included what Matthew and Mark have said as well. Remember, they're synoptic gospels. They see together. And so they give the same account. In some instances, they'll all write the same account. Except each one will give a little bit extra detail. So what I have done here again is include their detail that the other doesn't have. Alright? So that's why we're going to see little additions here. And that gives us the whole picture of what's happening. So again, it says here, and he, Mark says, kneeling down. So this man with leprosy, all right? Mark adds, kneeling down, fell on his face and implored him. And Matthew 8, 2 adds, worshipped him. So this is important. So he not only knelt, but he worshipped him as well. Alright, so notice again there are two things, two aspects that are given by two different Gospels of the same incident. And they're all important. Saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. That one statement was the same for all, but I want you to notice how this man approaches Jesus. He doesn't come and challenge him 
and says, well, if you're the Messiah, you can heal me, kind of a thing, alright? He didn't say that. Notice he comes and says, he fell down on his face and he said, Lord, if you are willing. He said, I, I know you can do it. Alright? Remember the religious leader always saying, oh, show us a sign. This man doesn't, is not looking for a sign. He's saying, I know you can do stuff, but are you willing? Amen? Now, this is a key thing, and you know, this is, this is preaching material here. You know, I've got teaching material, but, <laughs> okay? One of, the, one of the biggest questions in the body of Christ, because it's us today, let me just preach a little bit uh, here, if you don't mind. One of the biggest questions today is, is God willing? You know, you, if you ask people, can God do that, they'll say yes. The big question is, but is He willing? Will He do it for me? Are you all with me? It's never a question, can God heal, but will He heal me? Yes. That's the big question. Hasn't that passed away? Which means He's not willing anymore. Yes. Get it? All of that stuff falls under this one category, is He willing? And, G- and this man asks Jesus, that, that was the whole point. He said, I know you can, but will you? And so He says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, I'd love to just go ahead and, 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 and show you that Jesus is going to say, I will. But let's deal with this one, one piece at a time. Now, since this is the first mention of a leper coming to Jesus, let's look at what the Bible means when it says leprosy, and see if we can understand why this man was so desperate to be healed. See, a lot of times I've read things like this, and they said, oh, it was just a skin disease. And, you know, there are people out there that will keep uh, compromising what is actually written. Do you understand? Because they want to keep minimizing what is actually going on. Mm. Amen? You, you see what I'm trying to say? So th- this is the reason why we need to, whenever we hit something like this and it's the first time, we'll define terms. We'll go through, we'll look at it, and we'll make sure that if this is saying leprosy, let's make sure this is leprosy and what kind. Mm. Okay, so that's what we're doing now. While some say leprosy in biblical, biblical times is a name given to a variety of diseases, in his commentary, William Hendrickson says that Dr. L.S., that person, okay, with an H, having received both a theological and medical training and basing his conclusion upon a detailed study of all the pertinent biblical material and on his own experience with lepers, states. So do you think this guy knows what he's talking about? Can we get an amen on that? He says this, I believe that Moses described a definite disease. A disease which corresponds to what we call lep- today, what we today call leprosy. So he's saying, "Listen, this is leprosy. This is not some little skin disease. This is actually what what it's talking about." So, with that in mind, Leon Morris says about the disease in its worst form: it was a greatly dreaded and was both disfiguring and fatal. And the ancient world's only defense against it was quarantine. Alright, that's what Leviticus 13.46 is all about. So, I want you to understand two things here. Alright, in its worst form, remember he was full of leprosy. That's why I said keep note of that. Alright, it was greatly dreaded. It was a dreaded disease. If you got it, your whole life ended. Do you understand? Okay, because you, you couldn't have contact with anyone anymore. It was disfiguring. And it will kill you. So, you know, this is one of those things that takes everything away from you. It takes your family away from you. It takes, you know, you away from you because you don't look the same anymore. And then it takes your life away from you as well. 
So we, we need to see why this man is desperate and the, the situation that we're dealing with right now. Okay? All right. So here again, sufferers, he goes on to say, were forbidden to approach other people. And to prevent accidental contact, they were required to call out, unclean, unclean. So that's what else you have to do as a leper. You have to announce yourself. Wow. Can you see how this is just getting worse and worse? Okay. You had to call out unclean. If you didn't call out unclean, everybody else around you would call out unclean. And then you're in big trouble because you didn't identify that you were unclean. There were penalties for that. They had no way of earning a living and had to depend on charity. So I want you to notice the other thing. It takes away your ability to earn a living. So can, can you just imagine that you, would, you, know, you might have been some brilliant engineer doing extraordinary work and one day you get leprosy. You have a family, wife, kids, whatever. You're living in a wonderful home. And this hits you. And what happens? You can't work anymore. You can't see your family anymore. Can you, are you beginning to see this now? You don't know if this man did not have wife and kids, whether he, you know, what his, his position was. You're not born with leprosy. You get it somewhere along the way. So you have lived a life and suddenly that life is just ripped away from you. Okay? Now, why am I saying all of this? I need you to understand the difference between what Jesus does and what the religious people do. The religious people scream out, you know, unclean, unclean, and stay away from people like this. Jesus walks up to them. And He does the one thing that nobody else does when you have leprosy. He's going to touch him. Okay, alright. Okay, so this is one of those incredible things and you need to see it. Alright. So they had no way of earning a living and had to depend on charity. The psychological effects seem to have been as serious as the physical. You don't understand now why. People were ashamed of it, though it was no fault of their own. So once again, it was nothing you did wrong. You know, it wasn't like you were in some shady place and you caught leprosy, you know, and you go, well, how do you get that? Okay. <laughs> do you understand? It's nothing like that. It's one of those things that doesn't discriminate. You can be the worst or the best and it'll take you out. Okay, so it's one of those things. And because of the nature of the disease, these people were very often uh, even worse off than prisoners because they were banished from everything and everyone, including worshipping God in the temple and synagogue. And their closest family, okay, spouse and children. So see, that's the other thing that they lost. They could no longer go to temple. They could no longer worship God in a place where they were used to going and seeking God out. And you know, can you see how hope goes? Are you all with me? So this is, this is really sad. Craig A. Evans writes, For these poor unfortunates, life was lived in hopelessness and despair. Not only were lepers socially ostracized, but they were forced to bear the awful religious stigma of being unclean. Many would have reasoned that the condition was because of some particular sin or moral deficiency. So see, this is, this is where the religious mind comes in. Okay, that's why we don't like religion. Amen? Okay, alright. But see, a religious person go, what did you do wrong? You must have done something naughty. 
spiritually for this to come on you because they had this idea that God was the one behind everything that happened to you, good and bad. That's why Jesus, again, in John 10.10, makes the distinction. See, I can't stress this enough that people had a mentality and it's still here today. Something goes wrong in your life and everybody looks at you and goes, what are you doing wrong? Come on now. Okay? It's a thing that happens. We immediately, you know, we immediately go to, judge, to judging and going, what did you do wrong? How, how come you're in this mess? Amen? And so that's exactly what these people do. Even though, again, remember we said that this disease has absolutely, uh, you know, it's nothing wrong that you do to get it. You just get it. But religious people, they're always looking for stuff. They're always looking. See, this is the difference. Jesus isn't going to say, now what, you know, what spiritual thing did you do wrong? Because why? He knew that God wasn't the only thing around. There was a devil as well. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Next note, that in this instance, this man is described as being full of leprosy. Meaning that it must have been an extremely serious case. And why he was so desperate to be healed. And why it said that he fell on his face and implored him. Remember again, he worshipped him. In fact, to give us some insight into the way the disease attacks the individual, William Hendrickson writes, Fingers drop off or are absorbed. Toes are affected similarly. Eyebrows and eyelashes drop out. By a touch of just a finger, one can also feel it, the scaly skin. One can even smell it, for the leper emits a very unpleasant odor. Moreover, in view of the fact that the disease-producing agent frequently also attacks the larynx, the leper's voice acquires a grating quality. His throat becomes hoarse, and you can now not only feel, see, and smell the leper, you can hear his rasping voice. So this, this is a horrible disease. Amen? And so we can understand now that desperate in his misery, this man most likely ignored all the quarantine regulations and risked everything just to get to Jesus. Amen? And he knew that Jesus was no ordinary man. And so with complete faith in his ability... Notice he says, you, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He didn't say you might be able to. That's a good possibility. <laughs> okay? He says, I know you can. All right? And so with complete faith in his ability and total humility, remember he fell on his face, he places himself at the mercy of Jesus' will and worships him and goes as far as to call him Lord. And again says in Luke 5.12, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, It's very interesting. Let me just, before we go on to the next point, I want you to notice something here as well. I want you to notice that this man was willing to risk Jesus exposing him. See, Jesus could have backed off and said, unclean. He could have pointed him out. And I tell you, there would have been a crowd there to take him out. Okay? Whatever they needed to do. So, you need to also, I mean, he was, he had so much faith in Jesus that A, he wouldn't turn him in, and B, not only would he not turn him in, he'll actually heal him, that he goes to him in this way, alright? Now, notice something extraordinary here by its absence, and that is, this man never mentions God, nor does he ever ask Jesus to ask God to heal him. Interesting, isn't it? 
he knew that Jesus could heal him. This is the place that we need to get to. The church is still playing around with, now God, if you can make him clean, you know, you can make him clean. Now, we never work apart from God. The thing that you need to understand, what did Jesus say about God the Father? When Philip asked him, he said, show us the Father. He said, what? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In other words, he's saying, I never do anything outside of what I see God doing. Which is interesting because this man must have noticed the way Jesus operated and realized that's how God operates. He's seen how religion operates, thought it was God, realized it wasn't, saw this man, saw Jesus Christ and realized this is how God operates. So in asking him to heal me, I'm asking God to heal me. Which is why he never brings up God. You know he knew it was God behind it. You know that. Because every time they end up saying, whenever they get healed, they, what's the one phrase that keeps turning up? They glorified God. They never glorified Jesus, they glorified God. Interesting, isn't it? So this is something we need to get as well. We need to understand that we need to come to a place where what we are doing is so embedded and so a part of God and God's will that people see God on us to such a degree that they know that we'll never do anything outside of what God tells us to do. And so all, we, all they need to do is get our permission. In getting our permission, they have already got God's permission. Are you getting this? This is a key thing. We need to get to the place where people begin to identify us as the children of God. Get it now? Interesting that Jesus said, For God so loved the world, that He sent His only begotten Son. Who are you? A son. Behold, what manner of love is this? John, no, 1 John 3.1 That we should be called the sons of God. He actually said, I've said children of God, but He actually says sons of God. Are you getting this? And just like the sun was out preaching and healing and, and raising dead and doing everything else, that's exactly what He's expecting us to do. And the only way we're ever going to get there is to know this truth and start moving towards it. Amen? If it's not preached, that's why you know, the Apostle Paul says, you know, how will they hear? If nobody preaches, how are they ever going to hear? Amen? He goes through a whole thing of being sent and everything else. But the whole idea is somebody has to say this stuff. If, if, and religion isn't. Now, why are we also doing the life of Jesus? Why did I say that this was foundational for us in full life to move forward? Because we need to understand the attitudes that Jesus had. Not just the power, but His attitude as well. We need to understand the compassion that He had whenever He came across the situation. We're going to see that in just a minute. Okay. So notice again, what's extraordinary is that the man never mentions God. As advanced as his leprosy is, and as much damage as it has done to his body, all right, full of leprosy, remember, he still knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus can heal him. And the only question in his mind is, will he? See, that's something else now. He didn't look at his condition and measure it against Jesus. He didn't care how bad his condition was. He just knew, whatever my condition, you can do something about this. Are you getting this? This is, this is really important as well. Can I reverse this? <laughs> Are you ready for a reversal? I'm, I'm here to make you think, right? That's the whole point of me being here. 
Do you measure yourself against a disease that you are being called to heal? Be careful that you don't. Okay? Because it's not about you. It's about God in you. That healing anointing is in there. Amen? Now, we might be having trouble getting it out, but then we need to work on that. It isn't about, see, again, the, the problems we have is in our mind. Okay? If in our mind we look at something and we say, Oh, I don't know if I can do that. We're in trouble. You're in trouble already, man. You, you know, it's, it's like, because you can't. Alright? You can't. God can. Don't ever measure you against the thing. Always measure God in you against the thing. You need to ask yourself, can God do this? See, that's the simple question. The answer is yes. See, whenever I lay hands... Oh, you know, let's, let's talk about this for a minute and then we'll, we'll take a break. Whenever I lay hands on people, I don't ask myself, Oh, now, am I able to do this? Okay. You know, like one of those guys is about to race off and then, you know, okay. I, forget about it. I just think God, you in me, working through me, I'm here, I'm, letting, I'm, you know, I'm surrendering myself to you. You know, that's exactly what Jesus did. That's why He said, I don't do anything that I don't see my Father doing first. I don't speak anything that I don't hear Him. Saying. So, whenever I get out there, I don't care whether I've had no sleep. You know, and, and so I pray. So you guys get more prayer. No problem. You know, always turn it around. Don't ever let it affect you. Okay, I may not preach real well or stuff, but you know, I'll still, I just allow God to just move however He needs to. I don't ever say, oh God, we have a problem today. Yeah. I didn't get 12 hours of sleep. <laughs> okay? Some people, man, they can't function. Have you noticed? And you know, you know, and, and that's, that's a real hassle to some leaders, you know, because they're thinking, what? My God, man, I'm going to slap him up the head and just get on with it. You know, but you know, some people are just like that. You can't be that way. We can't be that way. Amen. We can't let things in our life stop God from doing what He wants to do in other people's lives. Notice also, because of the nature of the leprosy, this man doesn't speak of being healed as much as being made clean. Because it was quite simply a dirty disease. And to be healed also meant to be cleansed. We're going we're gonna, to, well, I've gone over time, we're going to take a break here. We'll come back and we'll pick this up in our second session.